The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by men, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and salutations in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brethren. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called masters, for you have one master, the Christ. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. So at the place where we are in the gospel, we know that this is uh, very close now to the Lord's passion. And as we were saying, uh, the intensity of the attacks against him uh, are increasing to the point where eventually they will arrest him very soon within the next few days. Uh, they will arrest him and they will then uh, kill him, take him out to be crucified. And so the intensity is building up against him. And what we have now is a certain change in the teaching of Christ, a certain shift uh, in terms of his focus. And so he kind of culminates in that question where they say, what is the greatest commandment? And then he gives them the two greatest commandments, the commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, to love your neighbor as yourself. And after that great commandment to love, he then now turns and he begins a multi kind of verse uh, a denunciation of the scribes and the Pharisees. And he does this because they are acting publicly and in order not to have those who are listening led astray, the Lord must now clarify publicly certain things which they are to avoid. And so even though the correction is to the Pharisees and the scribes, it is also to everyone else who is listening, which includes us as well. Right? So it is a warning against certain practices or things that can creep in uh, and that are always there tempting the human heart. And what he then begins now is all of these woes of denouncing where he is giving this warning of things that can step into the human heart and block off access to Christ himself. So even though he wants access to the heart, they have hardened their hearts against him and they will not allow him in. And so the Lord now will give this warning to all those who are listening against the dangers that can creep in which might keep Christ from our heart. The first can be uh, the actions of others or the failures of others who are Christians or within the church to live up to the ideal of Christianity or of Christ himself. And so the danger is that we can use the failures of others as an excuse not to measure up ourselves. Or we can use the failures of others who to live up to the measure which is Christ to then justify our own leaving of Christ. 
And unfortunately, nowadays, that is quite common. You hear of a lot of people who say, I left the church because so-and-so did this, or so-and-so did that, or I saw this person doing this, and so I left the church. And what the, the, the issue with that is, is that the accusation of hypocrisy in someone else uh, then becomes hypocrisy in the person who is criticizing. I think I've told the story before. I remember a man came up to me and he told me this. He says, no, I left the church because it's full of hypocrites. And I said to him, well, there's always space for one more if you want to come back. <laughs> and so it was a little bit maybe impatient of me, but the frustration, oh, the, the point is there, right? Which is that we can't be scandalized that someone else doesn't measure up to Christ and then decide, I'm not going to even attempt to measure up to Christ now because of what that person has failed to do. Because then we take upon ourselves the very hypocrisy that we have seen in another person that has caused us scandal. And so we become an occasion of scandal uh, in the very same way that we have been scandalized. So that's the first thing. So what the Lord says here is he says, don't follow the example of these men, right? the Pharisees and these scribes, but particularly these groups of those scribes and Pharisees that are coming to Christ. Practice and observe whatever they tell you because they sit on the seat of Moses. So we see that even from the beginning, from the first giving of the law, the Lord has always worked through a type of teaching magisterium that can teach faithfully the, all the intentions and all the understanding of the law and the Torah. The Lord then continues that within his church, we know through the magisterium of his church, this same teaching office to sit in a certain sense, not now on the seat of Moses, but on the seat of Peter in terms of having that authority to be able to teach. And so we follow that authority in terms of the teaching, even though some of the members might fail in living up to the measure. Their failure to live up to that measure is not again an excuse for us to step away from it. Uh, I remember reading Tolkien's letters, and I'll have to kind of paraphrase what he says here because it was a while ago that I read this letter that he wrote to his son. But his son at one point described that he was having a certain crisis of faith, uh, particularly because of this point, is that he saw multiple people not living up to uh, the measure of the Catholic faith. And so he had decided that he was going to leave. And so the advice that Tolkien gave as a father to his son, I thought was very profound and true. And one is, he was saying, uh, one of your issues is that you are judging yourself to be above the sinners. And so he says, go and find a parish where the priest is mumbling <laughs> and where the people are against your taste in every way. And then he says, go and sit among them and count yourself among them and not above them because it'll be better for your soul. I thought that's profound advice from a father to a son. Then he says, if you're still going to decide to leave, he says, what you have to do is go and kneel in front of the tabernacle and tell the Lord that you're leaving, not me. <laughs> go and tell him while you're, why you're leaving his church because of all of these reasons. It's because of so-and-so. It's because of this reason. Basically knowing that his son would not be able to leave once he had gone to the Lord himself, Jesus who is truly present. So this is that central mystery. And so this is what the Lord is uprooting or attempting to uproot from the hearts of the listeners that are around him, but also from ourselves that we must resist this temptation uh, so that we do not, by the failures of others, use that as an excuse, not ourselves, to become saints in the church of Jesus Christ.
And so then what he says is he also denounces uh, the fact that they have turned the law of freedom, right? So remember, is when the people of Israel were brought out of Egypt, they were brought out of slavery into a freedom with God. And sometimes what we can do, because we think too much of civil law when we are thinking of the law of God, is that we always, or can be tempted to, associate law with slavery. But the law of God is associated with freedom, not slavery. In fact, it's going against the law of God that brings about slavery. Going into sin is what brings slavery. And so what happens here is that that's what the Lord is saying, is that they've turned the law of God by all of the additions, by all of the things that they've added to it, by all of the ways in which they impose it, and they've made it a burden, whereas it should be a freedom that is activated and animated by love, right? Those two fundamental uh, laws of God. And so he says, they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, lay them on men's shoulders, but themselves do not even follow them. And so even by their own actions, what they claim to be essential for others is not essential for themselves in terms of their relationship to God. And so they've created all of these other things which have just become a burden. Instead of living in this freedom of love and this freedom in the law of God, uh, a true freedom, which is a freedom from sin, and a freedom from all things which are contrary to God. And then he shows, as can also be a temptation for all of us, is that intention for why we do things is most important. Why do we do things? And he shows that their intention is not what they have just said is most important, which is the love of God and the love of neighbor as ourselves. Their intention is self-praise, self-glory, self-exaltation. They do all of their deeds to be seen by men. So the Lord shows that all of their deeds are done, not for the praise of God, but for their own praise. And so this is the other temptation, where we can eventually use the things of religion for our own exaltation and not the glory of God. And that is a danger that we can step into. So we have to always check our own interior motivations. Do I do things for the glory of God? Is that my sole motivation? Are all things done for his glory? And so then he shows that they desire all of these things which are what should be given to God. Praise, honor, seats in high places. All of these things are for God and that is what we should strive to do. Then the Lord goes on and he ends this with that final kind of sentence of wisdom. Whoever is greatest among you shall be your servant, following his own example. The one who is standing in that crowd who is the greatest is truly the servant of them all. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And so we pray for that grace, to have all of these errors uprooted from our heart and also to be given the gift of humility, the humility that comes through Christ so that as we share in him, as we live in him, as we share in his example, uh, then also we can be exalted with him in eternity. Amen.